I wish I could put my fist through this whole blouse of beef and toe. Okay. Oh, shit, dicks, fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, <laughs> and welcome to episode 33 of Lousy Beautiful Town, a podcast where we like to scream about Star Wars and put our fists through things. I am your quarantined host, Abby, joined by your other quarantined host, Jess. Hi, welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. <laughs> the world is a hellscape right now. Literally. Like... There's a quarant. There's a quarantine. There's a pandemic. There was a plague of locusts in Africa. Um, yeah, what the fuck? Australia was on fire. Like we're we're getting to that point, fam. Like where's the frogs? They're coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Flies are coming. Mm-hmm. Your first look born out for that nine. baby in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> Check your rivers. <laughs> Part your seas. <laughs> <laughs> mm. oh, we should watch Prince uh, of Egypt throughout your leavening <laughs> so context I have Chris in the office with me again he's finishing his homework like a diligent nursing student I don't know if he lets his people go <laughs> since we said Prince of Egypt Chris all of a sudden is just like has his arms wide out like what the fuck because we had downloaded Prince of Egypt to watch on a flight home from Baltimore and we never got to finish it and then we just never finished it and so he doesn't know what happens what's gonna happen he lets his people go babe I do know that oh my god shut the fuck up anyway we've been quarantined yep it's especially um, interesting that we bring up the plagues and stuff because the mummy <laughs> has reference to the plagues. Oh, great. The mummy brings the plagues of Egypt back. Oh, fantastic. So we'll get to that at the end of the episode. Yeah, but a little put like, a pin in that. Tease. Oh. <laughs> now people will be interested. Like, why are they talking about the mummy? Uh, yeah, because it's the best movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> so we have like a mishmash, mishmash episode today. Um, we want to talk a little bit about some of the new Clone Wars, not Clone Wars, um, Ahsoka rumors for Mando. And we want to talk about, it, we can't not talk about the fact that we're quarantined because of COVID-19. <laughs> like, there's just no way around it. Um, and because we're us, we can't not talk about health care. So we're going to talk about health care today. And we're going to scream, like, endlessly about it. Uh, and then mm-hmm. and then we'll get into our one-year anniversary. So our one-year anniversary, uh, since we started releasing the pod, was on the 13th of march so 10 days ago as we're recording this this is we're recording this on the 23rd and yeah so we asked people what their favorite lousy beautiful town moments were and all that jazz i can't believe it's been a year i'm so proud of us i know we did we said this last time but (laughs) we did we did the thing i'm really proud of us too we're two mentally ill bitches and we did it we knocked out 32 episodes plus some Patreons mm-hmm. in a year. That's not bad. That's not bad We're at all. We're taking quite a few mental health breaks and... Moving you know, breaks and... 
Yeah, and cutting down to every other week. Yeah. That's not bad. Not bad at all. So we'll talk about that. Podcasting is like a freaking part-time job. It so it's like a part-time job. <laughs> I mean, like, we do get paid, but we put that payment towards the pod. So it's not like I get yeah. to, like, I don't know, buy Arby's with it or something like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought about getting Arby's today, and then I decided against it. <sighs> um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about self-care at the end. So it'll be a mishmash of an episode. So mm-hmm. let's get angry first. <laughs> let's talk about I angry. I <laughs> let's talk about some rumors. No touch me. I social distance. <laughs> <laughs> no talk me. Whatever. Social distance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um. So there was the internet has been amazing. Yes. The last week, <laughs> especially now that Animal Crossing is out too. So like we have the. The crossover of like pandemic Twitter and Animal Crossing Twitter, <laughs> and it's just chef kiss. <laughs> Jess, you need to get a switch. Um, I'm working on it, and actually. Get Animal Crossing because I feel like you'd like I'm it. I'm working on it. I I would love that shit. I just didn't know what it was for the longest time. Yeah. My sister explained it to me, and I was like, oh, that sounds something like something I would like. Yes, you would also like Stardew Valley. So, yeah. Maya always tells me that I would and I should do it. Yes. And so Maya, as, as always, is correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <sighs> so there's a rumor going around on Star Wars Twitter that... A l- Which Variety... Or not Variety, Hollywood Reporter? Did they pick Somebody, up on it? I think some... Yeah, I think so. Mm. Well... So I, don't, I think it's more than a rumor. <laughs> there's a rumor that there's going to be a live-action Ahsoka in Mandalorian. <laughs> Sorry, Chris is trying to sneak out of the room, and it scared me. Well, I can't be sneaky if you tell me. <laughs> Go play Animal Crossing and take the dog. Take the dog. Oh, Hi, Chris. Oh, you're coming back? Okay, bye. There's a rumor. <laughs> Uh, there's going to be a live-action Ahsoka and Mando, and the, uh, the bigger part of the rumor is that Rosario Dawson has been cast as Ahsoka. <clears throat> so... Which... I cry and I die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were texting about <laughs> That's what it. What I said to you? Yes, <laughs> we were texting about it the other day because you were the one who sent this. You sent it to me, and I was like, what? What is this? And you said... I cry and I die. And I said something along the lines. I was like an unstoppable force, which is me desperately wanting more Ahsoka meets an immovable object. Me not wanting Rosario Dawson playing Ahsoka. (laughs) So if you don't know, which apparently a lot of people on Star Wars Twitter did not know about this. Mm -mm. I thought this was pretty, um, I don't know, known news. Apparently not. <laughs> um, she is in a pending lawsuit with a trans man, correct? Yes. There's a trans woman. Trans man um, for assaulting him and being very transphobic, uh, her and her family. Mm-hmm. Um, this is someone that like worked for their family. Um, and it's really not great. So, yeah. Like they, <laughs> they physically assaulted him and then are now taking him yeah. to court. And used transphobic language against this person as well like and refused to acknowledge 
like I think they were calling them by their dead name and like all kinds of really shitty things. I, yeah, just very transphobic yeah. shit. <laughs> Apparently, she held him down and spat transphobic insults at him while her family beat him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh my God! I didn't realize that Rosario Dawson is married to Cory Book to Cory Booker. Oh, they're married now. Oh. I thought they were just dating. Oh, I think they are just dating. Oh, okay. She says wife of Democratic senator. And I was like, wait a minute. Oh. I don't remember that. Weird. Um. Dawson also came out as LGBT. What? I'm f- looking at a. Oh yeah, it's supposedly. I mean, I don't. I think she, I don't know where she said it, but she said that she identifies as queer, which makes it even worse. Right. Uh, um, but it's super complicated because, like, Ahsoka should be played by a brown or black woman. Yeah. Rosario Dawson is Afro-Latina. I mean, it's it sucks because, once again... As women, we have to choose, as as you as a queer woman and me as a woman of color, we have to um, feel more than one thing at the same time, yeah. as usual. Right. It's like we can be excited that Star Wars is finally casting more women of color, and we can be really disappointed that they chose this particular actor because she is transphobic. Mm-hmm. Um, it sucks. It just goes to show that it doesn't matter what color or what you identify as, you can still be you can still have bigotry in your heart Mm -hmm. (laughs) for some other marginalized group, if not your own. Right. Right. Yeah. Nobody is above that, you know, based on what they, what they identify as or what they look like. Right. I don't mind having more Ahsoka, you know me, but I really, 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 really hope it's not Rosario Dawson. Oh, I was just going to say, I saw people, stuff going around on Twitter last week, joking around that Dave Filoni doesn't know how to tell a story without a soda in it. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong at all. Right? But, <laughs> but... I bet if Dave Filoni started working on the live action Avatar Last Airbender, he would find a way to put a soda in that too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe that's where Rosario Dawson is making a, a cameo. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I uh, brought in Ahsoka. Oh my god. That was more George than it was Dave, but whatever. Um, <laughs> we haven't shit on Dave in a while, so yeah, you're rusty. Let's, let's it's understandable. Sh- <laughs> yeah. Um, when we had Jacqueline on for our first episode, one of the things that she had talked about was how much she connects with and identifies with Ahsoka. And like she was talking about it on Twitter of, you know, how hard it is to see to possibly see such a transphobic person be cast as a character that she sees so much of herself in and really, really identifies with. And I mean, like, people need to, like, I just, I just saw people being like, I don't know, like, not smug, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, they just didn't give a shit about her. They cared more about the fact that, like, Dave Filoni can't tell a story without Ahsoka than the fact that, Dave Filoni can't tell a story without Ahsoka starring Rosario Dawson. It's just like... It was just very um, telling. Yeah. um, Where people's priorities are, I think, as far as caring about marginalized representation. Yeah. And what that looks like. And who that hurts Mm -hmm. if it's not done right. Because clearly, someone did not take the time to look at this. Someone has not, like, read or listened to trans voices or 
other marginalized voices. And there's so many other actors of color that could play this role. The other complicated thing is that Ahsoka is an alien. Mm -hmm. And so once again, if we're casting a woman of color, uh, we are covering up a woman of color behind alien costume once again, which Star Wars is notorious for doing, especially with... Huh, what's up with the the Leku aliens? Twi'leks, especially <laughs> like Twi'leks. Now we have... Uh, what is she called again? Uh, no. Togruta? Ahsoka? Togruta, right? Yeah. Ahsoka, yeah, Ahsoka's a Togruta. It fucking sucks. I, once again, Mandalorian not hitting the notes I want them to hit with the casting of women of color and storytelling with women of color, if this is true. Mm-hmm. So... Goddamn baby Yoda keeps me coming back. but <laughs> That motherfucker. <laughs> they hooked me with that one, but <laughs> that won't last forever. <laughs> He's got to grow up sometime. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, fuck transphobes. Fuck this. Fuck that. Fucking listen to trans voices. Stop being a dick. Yeah. It especially sucks, too, because, like, she does identify as queer. Mm-hmm. And trans women were the ones who like started the LGBT movement mm-hmm. <laughs> in the states. Mm-hmm. I don't even maybe internationally, I don't even know. I would have to fact check that. Does someone someone know their queer history? Please let us know. <laughs> Annalise, if you're listening. Annalise, yeah, she would know. <laughs> no, but you're right. It, we as a queer community um pay dirt to black trans women. Yeah. Because they they founded our community, you know. <sighs> they are the reason why in whenever that was, 2017? When do you think of Same-sex marriage was passed nationally. 2015. 2015? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> June 26, 2015. I was thinking that Obama only had four years for some reason. <laughs> so I was like, it happened in one of his four years. It couldn't have been. <laughs> Even though 2017 wasn't even one of those four years. I'm drinking whiskey. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2015 wouldn't have even been in one of those four years, Jess. Yeah, it would have been. No. Because he left at the end of 2015. No, at the end of 2016. So that's when the election was. That's when we got the Cheeto. Oh. Uh, because I turned 30 in 2017. T- and that's time, when he was inaugurated. Time is. I don't know. Time is stupid. Yeah. Time is fake. Time is fake. I was like, 2008 wasn't that long ago. (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) It was 12 years ago. ago. Oh, my God. I was in eighth grade. Oh, I hate you. I was in college. (laughs) (laughs) And I was too old to be in college, too, I think. (laughs) Not too old. You're never too old to be in college. But I was beyond the four years or whatever you want to say. Anyway. I was just thinking about... Sorry, this is not on our thing. But I guess we can talk about it in terms of uh, coronavirus, of, like, election coverage has come to a screeching halt. And it's just wild. Um, I saw someone, like, saying, like, hey, stop joking around that Joe Biden is dead because he's basically disappeared. And everyone's like, does he have the Rona? <laughs> Is he he in the ICU? No one has heard from him. (laughs) I mean, that's not funny. We're laughing. It's not funny if that's true. But that's (laughs) like, like, what else are we supposed to think? (laughs) Like he won Illinois and then was just like, bye. (laughs) Peace. I'm going to go hibernate or quarantine or whatever. Yeah. 
we went and voted. We early voted, which I mean, by we usually do a good job of like voting at least a week or two in advance. But this year it was just fucking hectic. We voted the day before. Um, and our polling place was in the basement of a park district. And everybody was close together, which was great. Of course. Um, and there was a little racist white lady that looked like a fucking Karen down there covering up her mouth with her scarf when she saw Chris and I was going to punch her in the face. So let's talk about the coronavirus. (laughs) Hold on. I I need to say something about that Mm. because I'm getting frustrated. Okay. First of all, xenophobia is awful. The fact that Asian people everywhere Mm -hmm. are being blamed. Chinese people who everybody is Chinese if they're Asian, if they look East Asian. Well, Chris doesn't even look East Asian. If they look Asian (laughs) at this point, (laughs) Chris is brown. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That's awful. Um, I feel like the whole, you know, this obviously dispels the whole model minority thing of like, that's not true. That doesn't exist. Like, racism happens against Asian people all the time, just as much as it happens to any other marginalized group. And, um, but... I think it's very telling when I see prominent Asian American voices or even British Asian voices online saying like, say no to racism, like support your Asian comrades. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we're socializing everybody Mm. at this point. It says loves beautiful town. Um, And I have, rarely if ever seen any of these voices supporting black lives matter Mm. supporting prison reform Mm -hmm. supporting funding um you know uh, primary education supporting anything that has to do with other black or brown groups Mm -hmm. and so it goes (laughs) it's like this dichotomy of like, yes, we should speak out against this, but we should also always be speaking out against any type of racism. Right. And we should support our black and brown <laughs> friends and family um, in this fight against white supremacy. And I just don't see a lot of Asian people doing that all the time. And now all of a sudden, because it's real and it's popular <laughs> and it's like in our faces all the time, especially if we go out in public, like now we got to talk about it all the time, but this happens to black and brown people mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it happens to Asian people too, but like, I don't see them standing up for th- those people mm. regularly. So that's, there's also like a history of anti-blackness in the Asian community, like <laughs> in the Latinx community as well. Like, and we all got to reckon with that as a community. Like that's not something that, you know, it, we need to talk about it openly and we need to be comfortable talking about it openly, even though it's a very uncomfortable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to, um, so, an internet friend. She is a cat account on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I started DMing her because we have orange cats and so we were kind of bonding mm. over that and we became friends. We've been friends for about a years Is this like your now. pickup tactic? I am the creep that always makes friends with people on the like I demand that they be, people become my friends on the internet if they have an orange cat <laughs> anything it could be anything I know but like <laughs> this is also kind of how you picked me up yeah I was like I want Abby to be my friend hello start a podcast with me <laughs> <laughs> well no I mean like that's how we bonded is we both had oranges 
That's true. That is true. I don't feel like that's the first reason why we bonded, though. I feel no. like we bonded over being angry first, and then the orange cats. So we're like, oh, cool. Oh, that's yeah, cute. we have matching cats. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, like, became friends with this person on, this woman on Instagram because she had a plant account, and now we, like, talk about, like, white supremacy and shit all the time, too. So <laughs> it's like, I just do this. This is my thing. <laughs> so anyway, this cat account influencer person she I don't even think she's an influencer she just has like a broad reach on her cat account and she's Asian and she lives in LA and she she walks around a lot she like um, lives in an area where she can like easily access like grocery stores and things like that and she works from home she's an artist Um, and she said she has received more racist openly racist comments from black and brown people in Los Angeles than she has from white people. Mm -hmm. She feels like white people are doing like microaggressive things like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of stepping away or like covering their faces when they see her. But it's the, uh, she said a black guy yelled out of his car as if he was driving by while she was walking on the street saying coronavirus at her, Mm. screaming coronavirus at her. And I was like, to be fair, I get it. And she's like, I do too. <laughs> so it's like, but still, that's like really sad that we've, this is where we're at. Like, mm-hmm. you know, shooting down like our other marginalized brothers and sisters is a way for us to feel like we have proximity to whiteness sometimes. And it's not great. It's something that we all have to deal with and we all have to reckon with as a community. But maybe the coronavirus is going to change a lot of things and maybe that's something that we can openly talk about because of this as well yeah doubt it but we'll see (laughs) (laughs) i will be talking about it on twitter right (laughs) so yeah anyway there's a virus in the lake in the hills (laughs) god damn it (laughs) yes you are are you are correct with the sound of covid (laughs) You are correct. There, are, uh, I don't remember how many confirmed cases in our county there are, but there's a at least over <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter. Everybody has it. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of the thing. Um, I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that I probably have it. Uh, I've had a pretty, though it's dissipated the last since like yesterday, but I had a pretty consistent cough dry cough for a while uh with no fever thank god but like just there the the way that with the fact that i was still expected to go to work for a little while and still see clients face to face in addition to the fact that chris works at a hospital um and children are disgusting and um (laughs) yeah cough all over my shit and sneeze all over my desk and stuff like that like there's no way around it it's just all of this is so wild yeah um i was lucky to be pulled out of the field i work i'm a field salesperson so i i'm remote and i go outside and i work in public in hospitals mm-hmm. what can i do a clue to what i do i guess <laughs> whatever <laughs> i try not to talk about it but i'm going to talk about it in this episode so whatever um i had Horrible anxiety. Mm-hmm. I was like on the verge of a panic attack that whole last week before they pulled us out because like, I was like, I am going to get it and be asymptomatic and I'm going to give this to someone while I'm working yep. and I'm going to feel horrible about it. I am probably spreading it to like 
hundreds of people just like walking around working and I was still being expected to work. They finally pulled us out and then I was worried that I had it and I was asymptomatic and I was giving it to my dad who Mm -hmm. is 75 Mm -hmm. and in the and my stepmom who just found out had her cancer came back which is great. Um, So she's going to have a compromised immune system and it's she already has a compromised immune system but it's going to be worse and I was just like now I'm at the point where I'm like okay it's been a while. I've been home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I've stayed away from people as much as I can. I don't have symptoms. I tried to donate blood and they turned me away because my temperature was elevated. Mm. But I keep checking it and it's still the same. So maybe I just run hot. Mm. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I had the fever without or the fever quote without the cough. So I was mm-hmm. like freaked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hit all weekend because I was like, I for sure have it. Right. <laughs> I was those were my my big panic fears too. It was more so like, okay, if I get it, I get it. But that means that I'm transmitting it to how many other people? Like a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like I was in tears, like having to go into work yeah, same. because I was just like, I work with a lot of immunocompromised folks because a lot of immunocompromised folks have mental health issues. Um, imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> and like all of my kids are almost in a constant state of crisis, which lowers your immune system because stress. And I'm just and and they have parents who are immunocompromised, or their guardians are their grandparents. A good chunk of my clients like live with their seventy plus year old grandparents, and it's just like I was coming into work like dreading it in tears because I'm like, I'm going to get one of my clients sick or transmit it to them and they'll be asymptomatic and they'll transmit it to another family member and they have shit insurance. (laughs) Majority of my clients are state insurance. Um, And then, then what, you know, like it's just, that was what kept going through my head and was causing me to lose sleep. And that was really, at the end of the day, why I was so fucking angry about the way my work was handling the situation at the time, um, was that I was going to be the cause of one of my clients falling ill and not being able to recover either physically or financially. Um, And that's fucking sad that I have to think about, that we have to think about that. That it's not just like I don't want them to get sick. It's I could ruin them financially on accident because healthcare fucking sucks in America. Just by going to work, but you have to go to work because that's where you get your healthcare Mm -hmm. from. And our government doesn't have anything in place as a safety net when something like this happens. Nope. I will say that I had to refill my Xanax prescription twice. Hmm. And I had to call my doctor because I was like, I am having panic attacks like almost like every other day. Right. And I'm sorry. I know it's like it seems like I'm like (laughs) using a lot of this right Uh now, but I really need it. Right. And I'm on a low dose. So it's like Mm -hmm. I don't I don't refill it a ton. And so he was like, I understand. And I was like, I swear, like this will slow down. Right. (laughs) I just need this right now. I need to know that I have it available. That I won't run out. Right. Yeah. But yeah, he had to do a whole. He had to do prior authorization. We'll get to that in our healthcare talk. Oh um, to get it twice, I had to refill it twice in a month. So he had to do a prior authorization for that, and it was like, yeah. okay, great. Yeah, 
So that he's my doctor and he knows his patient. But, right. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, as an update right now, I think Illinois passed statewide shelter in place, correct? Yes. Or they're going to shelter this, this weekend? Shelter in place started on Saturday um, okay. at 5 p.m. So uh, we are basically staying home unless we have absolutely have to go out. Um, well, people don't understand that. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, yeah, so... All of California is in shelter in place as well. Yeah. LA County was before that because we're pretty California and Washington and New York it seems like are being pretty hard hit and I mean that makes mm-hmm. sense because because of the population density that we have here but um, people don't know, California is relying completely on social pressure mm-hmm. to keep people from going outside and it is not working. So there, I know Santa Clara County, which is like just south of San Francisco, it's like San Jose, those areas. I have a coworker that's there and she said that they're going to start fining people for being out, like not social distancing while you're outside exercising. Um, if wow. you are out driving around and you're not going to the grocery store to a loved one to take care of them or to work because you are an essential worker and you have to have a letter yep. from your office saying that you are an essential worker and why you're out and about, they will fine you a thousand dollars. First time offense, thousand dollars. Yep. Because um, this is serious. And Billy was. He thinks he's an essential worker, but he's not. He doesn't work around anybody, so it's like it's fine. He encounters like one person every three days, so he's in an office by himself, so whatever. But I'm like, you can't do this forever, so you better get everything done that you need to get done mm-hmm. soon. Um, he um, went down. He was driving through Huntington Beach to get to his office, and he said it was just like business as usual. Everybody's walking around on the pier, mm-hmm. on the beach, just like all crowded next to each other. And we've been in shelter in place since Thursday. And it is now Monday. Mm-hmm. Like, people just don't give a fuck. So they closed all of the parks and the beaches, finally, in L.A. And I think they're probably going to do it in Orange County, probably all of California soon. Mm-hmm. Um, because people just don't care. They think, it, <laughs> I think Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, was like, this is not a time to be out. Like, you're not on vacation. Right. <laughs> like, this is quarantine time. Right. Right. Like this is a public health thing. This is not like a time to go hiking with all you, with all your friends right. that you would normally go to brunch with. I was gonna. I was waiting for my letter to come because um, <laughs> I know a family friend of mine uh, is a. I don't know like who he works for or whatever. He's a welder, um, and they've deemed his job as essential, um, and so he has to have the letter that says he can go out and work on him at all times huh yeah he has to have it on him at yep. all times yep yeah um and i was waiting to receive mine and then i got a call on sunday from my supervisor saying that we'd officially switched to work from home full time because i'm glad yeah me too um it was it was a very rough week <laughs> this week in terms of like yeah. work because monday um you know, we asked, do you think we'll be able to work from home? Are, is productivity going to still count? And the answer was, no, you're not going to work from home. Yes, productivity is going to count. No, you can't do phone-only sessions. Um, Which, if you would like to see our state of mind <laughs> in this time, <laughs> not week, we were making haikus yes. about this. Uh, go check our Twitter. I think you retweeted it from the pod account. I think so, yeah. <laughs> it's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. We have no more reason to make haikus for this mm-hmm. reason. No. <laughs> but 
But I'm sure we could find some. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, shit was changing, like, every hour, basically. Like, oh yeah. on Tuesday, it was about, like, 5.30, I want to say. So, after most people had gone home. <laughs> but I work late. Um, it was, like, 5.30 that we got the email that we were switching to phone-only sessions. We still had to be in the office. And we were like, so dumb. Uh huh. I mean, for us, it wasn't the worst thing in the world because, like, we have a team of, oh, there's four, six. There's less than 10 people in, in our section of the building at all times, basically. Yeah, um, you can avoid people too because you're in your own offices and stuff like that. Right. Um, and so, and by that time, we had already all been around each other that we were like, oh, whatever, fuck it. Um, <laughs> But it was good to know that we weren't going to have clients coming in and out. Um, Because initially, we were also going to have to take the temperatures of every client that came back. Um, And I'm like, okay, that's well and dandy, but now you've exposed me, and they've exposed every single person in the waiting room. So, anyway. You should be taking their temperature before they get in the building. Um. If you're not going to do work from home, which I'm glad they changed their minds. Right. But. And starting on Wednesday, we had to get our temperatures taken every time we came into the building um, by non-medical which, staff, I might add. Uh. <laughs> which probably doesn't follow proper, like, disposal of PPE, no. personal protective equipment, things like that. Like, right. And then, like, Wednesday at 3.30, we get an email saying that they were closing our office and that we were going to be moved to other offices. There's two other offices in our county. And it was it was just wild. Like, we were like, what the fuck is going on? And our supervisor came over and explained the whole thing. And we were switching to 20 hours at home, 20 hours in the office, but staggered office times so that there would be no more than 10 people in a building at a time. So... I was going to work Monday through Thursday like, at the oh, office wait, just, from three until eight. Sent you guys home. They like they a hundred percent did not trust us. <laughs> like I will be honest, they did not trust to us to work to work from home. Yeah. So it drives me nuts. Yeah, but yesterday I got the call saying we are officially work from home. So I had my first. Well, no, my second full work from home day because I worked on Friday, but at home, um, and it kind of sucks. To be honest, doing therapy over the phone is hard. I've actually decided I do Skype sessions with my therapist because I moved and I'm no longer close to her. But I think I'm going to try to work out if we do every other week, I'm going to try and stay in L.A. for like an evening. Mm -hmm. Not like stay the night, but just like work out that way, like later in the day so that I can see her in person. Because I feel like it's easier for me as a as a patient, as a client to not get in as deep because there's like a barrier. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, so I've been reading, uh, why don't you talk to someone? (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's called, right? Yep. And like you as a therapist cannot read body language as well. That's hard for all of us, all everybody involved. (laughs) One of my main tactics as a therapist is silence. I love using silence because it makes the other person uncomfortable. And that means they're doing the talking and I'm not. (laughs) Because that's not, your therapist should never be talking more than you are unless they're educating you on something. But I can't do that over the phone because then they're like, are we still there? Are you still there? Oh, okay, cool. You know, our connection, 
Are you still yeah. there? And it's just like, ah! Or they're like, you know, they have other distractions mm-hmm. around them. So it's not like it's just silence with them having nothing to do. It's like you can, you know, find something in your wherever you're at to play with yeah. or whatever. It's not like you're in a, a room where there's just sand and toys and a couch. Right. My One of my kids was playing The Sims while she was talking to me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, relatable. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, t- to give her credit, she did actually like have a conversation with me. So it's not like she was just like, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm playing The Sims. Like, we actually talked. So I was like, whatever, it's fine. It's wild. I, I, I am that person that reads projections because I am really interested in public health kind of stuff like this. This is fueling my desire to go to grad school like so much more than it already was like I'm Mm -hmm. studying for the GRE right now because I got time (laughs) (laughs) and clearly we need science educators and healthcare educators in this country because people do not understand people don't have science literacy and it's Mm -mm. crazy it's driving me nuts especially on oh my god on Instagram it drives me crazy yeah um I read projections based off of like reports from different universities and like organizations and things like that and it just like it gives me so much dread Mm -hmm. because these are like worst case scenarios based if like we don't have drugs available to treat patients with really severe cases things Mm -hmm. like that if we don't like shelter in place as a country like if everybody keeps going out and not doing social distancing like these are all like I'm just like oh my god we're gonna be like this for like six months Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I'm gonna get laid off or furloughed like I'm just having these like disaster scenarios Mm -hmm. of like I'm trying to like prepare because that's what I do as an anxious person so I'm like, okay, what's my savings like? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, whatever. Do I have other options? Is Ralph's hiring down the street, like, for groceries? Like, can I find some some other supplemental, like, income? Right. But I have that privilege. Other people do not. Mm-hmm. And so I get if you're trying to stay away from this stuff because it's just too much. So yeah. I'm not even going to go into it. But yeah. do what you got to do. Like, we'll talk about self-care at the end of this episode, but try to have hope there is hope like there's people working on shit Mm -hmm. and it's promising it's very promising but stuff unfortunately research takes time clinical trials take time they're trying to find ways to work around the red tape especially with the fda because the fda is fucking slow Mm -hmm. as hell notoriously slow as hell and their director chairman i don't know what he's called he's useless so should we segue into talking about healthcare here yeah We've touched on it a bit, but yes, let's talk about why healthcare in this country is fucking garbage. Yeah, first of all, um, it's it's funny because I was like, how do I relate this to Star Wars? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, basically, in Star Wars, we have Bacta and we have prostheses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's the only type of healthcare that we have seen. There's no, like, obstetrics. There's no, like, trauma type care Mm -hmm. we're in a war and you didn't want to see a medic (laughs) there's medical droids not even real like not even actual beings these are i mean it's controversial to say that a droid is not a a sentient being but you know that's another episode Mm -hmm. but it is not a living biological being that is doing the care because medicine is not a science it is an art Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's an art informed by science um, cause, cause bodies present with different symptoms and, and, and they just look different. You know, someone could have coronavirus and show these symptoms and 
another patient could present completely differently and they could both be in the ICU if we're putting it in this context. So it's, it's funny because Star Wars was obviously written by someone who is in a privileged position in the U.S. healthcare system Mm -hmm. because it's something that they don't think about because um, they probably have SAG-AFTRA, AFTRA, whatever, (laughs) SAG-AFTRA, um, union healthcare coverage, which is excellent. So they don't have to worry about shit like this or they can pay for their healthcare outside of that. I'll get to that in a second. Um, and so it's just not like discussed. Right. Like even mental health is a part of that. Like we talk about like how in the books, it's like that's the only place where we see mental health right. talked about and trauma responses and things like that. Um, it's just very clear who wrote Star Star Wars. I almost said Starbucks. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote Star Wars for a long time and still is still writing Star Wars now? Um, because hey, just put someone in a chamber or put them in a suit that line that's lined with Bacta and they're fine, or give them like a, a robotic limb and they're fixed. It's like a easy fix, no problem. Right. But real life isn't like that. We need disabled folks. And we need people that have chronic illnesses to talk about things through a fictional lens um, because it needs to be represented because it's not right now. Right. Some science fiction and fantasy is really good about that kind of stuff, but Star Wars is notoriously horrible with things like that. So I just want to put that out there because it's, there's really no health care right. in the Star Wars universe as we know it. <laughs> I think Padme has like one episode in the Clone Wars where she is trying to like fight for health care for um, like for she's trying to fight for against a bill that's going to put more funding into the war because that needs to go towards health care and mm-hmm. like infrastructure and things like that. And it's like, where is this health care that you are funding? <laughs> like, right. where, okay. did it, where did it go? <laughs> so, so there's that. I think that's like one of the only cases. And then so I just want to talk about the U.S. healthcare system because I know we have some international listeners and everybody is always dumbfounded at how stupid our healthcare system is. Mm-hmm. And I know people that live here don't even understand it. And this is a field that I work in. So I want to give some expertise. Just I'm going to give a really basic overview because this can get really long and complicated. I've worked in this industry since I was 19 years old mm-hmm. and I am now 33. So... That gives you an idea of how long I've worked in. And I still am. St- I'm still learning things because <laughs> mm-hmm. things are changing for the worse. We'll, we'll put it that way. So, essentially, U.S. healthcare has one, two, three, four, five levels of coverage. We'll say insurance coverage. Uh, people to pay for your medical care because trying to pay by cash in the US is way too expensive because the US health care system is a for-profit system. And that is inherently why it doesn't work, especially in times like this. Mm-hmm. So you have Medicaid, which you can get if you are poor under a certain income level um, or disabled, a certain certain disabilities. I think also this, uh, you can get Medicaid if you are a senior, Um, living in some type of like assisted living that's where that funding comes from this is federally funded so this is not the the federal government issues out money to states to implement their own medicaid systems and some states in the u.s have opted not to not to receive additional funding for medicaid Mm -hmm. in the affordable care act Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> which maybe we'll get to that. Maybe we won't. I don't know. That's complicated. Anyway, there's also Medicare. That is if you are old, <laughs> mm-hmm. disabled, um, or you have renal failure or like ALS. Mm-hmm. So you could be young and have renal failure and you can be young and have ALS and you could be young and disabled and still get Medicare. Um, the other thing we have is uh, military. So that is like the VA and TRICARE if you're active or if you are a spouse or a child of an active military person. We also have the exchanges, which is basically Obamacare. Those are, you know, the that's, you know, CoveredCalifornia.com. If you live in California, that is the... I don't know, ACA website that crashed when it was launched. Mm-hmm. Basically, you can go on there and you can pick what healthcare you want. If you are like in between that, like you can't get insurance through your employer or you are not self-employed, so you don't buy your own employer health insurance mm-hmm. um, or and you don't quite qualify for Medicaid, like you're in between that that space, you can go on these exchanges, purchase and potentially have the government subsidize some of the cost of your premiums every month, but honestly, the coverage is shit. Right, right. <laughs> um, the deductibles are very high. If you don't know what a deductible is, that means basically it is a, as an amount of money that you have to pay out of pocket every year before your insurance will start paying in full. So a lot of du- deductibles in the exchanges are like $7,500 for an individual. It's mm-hmm. not even family. Sometimes they're like $10,000 for a family. So you essentially have to pay $7,500 every year out of pocket before insurance will pay in full for something, mm-hmm. which people can't afford to do that. <laughs> like, that's not helpful. That's not helpful insurance. And I mean, this was supposed to be a stepping stone for the ACA. Like, they were supposed to implement, like, broader coverage. But, of course, the GOP <laughs> is fighting that and has been fighting that in Congress for a long time since it's been passed. So that's a thing. So... The other thing that you might know about, so let's talk about commercial insurance. Mm -hmm. So you have, if you are employed in the U.S. full-time and your employer offers benefits, quote, health insurance might be one of those benefits. You also might get a 401k. You might get life insurance. uh, You might get um, disability, whatever. I don't know. There's lots of things that you can get. Dental coverage, Mm -hmm. vision, things like that. Um, it just kind of depends on who you work for. If you're in a union, you get excellent coverage for all of those things. So if you can, join a union. It's well worth it. Uh, <laughs> the dues that you pay are well worth it. Could if I would. My dad was in a union when I was in high school. I had no idea how good his insurance was until I turned 26 and I had to go. <laughs> First, I went to Medicaid because I Ugh. didn't make enough money. And then the ACA passed and I had to go into the exchanges. And I was like, holy shit, I'm paying $350 a month for health care. Mm-hmm. And I'm healthy. I'm 26. Mm-hmm. Or I think I was 27 at the time. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, if you have commercial insurance, if you have health care through your employer, or you are self-employed and you buy into that healthcare. Also, you can purchase into a commercial, quote, commercial space. So let's say you're not employed, but you have a lot of money. You can buy commercial insurance just straight. Like you don't have to necessarily go through your employer. Um, HMOs and PPOs might be something that you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. In HMO, basically you need to have uh, approvals 
for everything. So you need to see a primary care doctor first before you can see a specialist and every step along the way, referrals, prescriptions, um, kind of everything has to be approved unless it is on a list of like pre-approved things. So let's say like I have strep throat, I go into um, urgent care and I need antibiotics. You don't necessarily have to go through your primary care provider for that. That's like pre-approved, pre-approved you can get generic antibiotics. Mm-hmm. If you needed, if you were resistant to the generic antibiotics and you needed branded antibiotics, you would need a prior authorization for that, which an urgent care center is not going to do for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, that's why it's complicated. I'll talk about prior, prior authorizations in a second. Um, if you have a PPO plan, you can see whoever you want. Mm-hmm. Also, HMOs are in a network. Mm-hmm. So if your doctor decides to leave that HMO network, you know, can no longer see them. Uh, doctors and medical centers, so like hospitals, groups, medical groups, um, imaging centers, dialysis centers, things like that, they contract with insurance companies. And if they decide they don't want to contract with a certain insurance company, they are no longer in that network. Mm-hmm. I'll get to why this is really bad in a second. So if you're HMO, you're, you're, you're in an HMO, you are in a network you have to use within that network. You can't go outside that network. PPO, you also have a network, but you can go outside that. You just have to pay more. You can see whoever you want to see whenever you want to see them. So you can just call up and be like, I want to establish care with this doctor, this dermatologist. Okay, come, you know, next week, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Um, and if that dermatologist is not in network, you will just pay more. Like, let's say you really want to see this certain dermatologist. That's fine. You can do that. You just have to expect to pay more. Whether that's coinsurance, which um, means you pay a certain percentage of the bill. So that could be 10%. That could be 20%. A lot of times it's 10%. If it's they're in network, it's usually 20 to 30%. If they're not in network, depends on your plan. Whatever. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> anyway, the other thing that you can do, and this is what a lot of rich people do, and that's why a lot of these rich people are getting tests for COVID-19, is you can do something called concierge service. So a lot of doctors um, who happen to treat more wealthy clientele, I guess I'll say, (laughs) Um, they pay an annual fee, which is thousands of dollars, to have access to a doctor or the doctor's office 24-7, essentially. So let's say you're a famous person, you're a celebrity, you get sick with COVID-19 coming from China because you were filming. You can call your doctor. When you land in LA, they can have an appointment set up for you and get a test and test you as soon as you land because you pay thousands of dollars for this service. Um, and this is on like a lot of times you can you can have insurance and still go through a concierge service. So you, your insurance will pay a part of that, but you will pay the rest out of pocket. And you can afford to do that because you're rich. Mm-hmm. So that's what a lot of wealthy people do because they don't want to go and sit in the waiting room with all us plebs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will say concierge offices are very nice. I go into a lot of them. They serve <laughs> lots of snacks. They have Nespresso machines what? that are free. You can just. Yeah. Um they have 24-7 call centers, so there's always someone in the office a lot of the times. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. I'm sure one of our listeners has has seen or has worked for a concierge service at some time at, or at some point in their lives, maybe. I don't know. You can talk about it on, on the internet if you'd like. Mm-hmm. So back to the main reason why U.S. healthcare sucks. It's for profit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have something that we call payers in my industry. So payers are the ones that pay the bills to the doctors, hospitals, 
diagnostic centers. So, you know, if you need an x-ray, if you need an MRI, things like that, surgical centers, things like that. Um, those are insurance companies and PBMs, uh, pharmacy benefits managers. That's what that stands for, which you might know about insurance companies, but you might not know about PBMs. Um, essentially, insurance covers your doctor's visits. They cover your hospital visits, things like that, anything that is not drug or device related. Your pharmacy benefits manager covers anything that's drug related, so your prescription drugs. And the reason that they had to, that PBMs now exist, so basically, when you have, when you have employer insurance, you have a full-time job, you get insurance through your employer, um, they contract with an insurance company and they purchase a package. So depending on how many employees you have, you purchase varying packages. If you don't want to give your employees shit for coverage, <laughs> you purchase a very like light package. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like Blue Shield light. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, if you want a robust coverage, you want your you know your employees to be well taken care of, you might pur purchase like a Cadillac pack package, is what we call it. Um, so it's like Blue Shield Gold or Platinum or whatever, and that co it covers more things than the light package would. Um, but this is more expensive for the employer. And then you only pay like a small amount out of your paycheck every month. You might pay like $40. You might pay $100 a month. If you have like a spouse or children, um, you can cover them under your plan and you still pay less than you would pay if you were like part of the exchanges, for example. Or so mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a good deal. Like you're basically what we're doing in this country is we are taking less pay because our employers are offering insurance. We are being taxed less by our federal government because our employers are paying for our health insurance, most of it, unless you have a shitty deductible, which <laughs> in case you're paying for it. Mm -hmm. Sorry, this is getting long-winded. I'll, I'll try to wrap it up. Um, PBMs, pharmacy benefits managers, also contract with your employers to get the best drug prices. So you might have... Um, Blue Shield insurance, you might have Optum RX mm. PBM mm -hmm. managing your drug prescriptions. Um, and so PB drug prescriptions have gotten so out of control that PBMs started because insurance companies could, it was too much work. They couldn't handle it. <laughs> um, and so PBMs now exist. Sometimes they're subsidiaries of insurance companies. Sometimes they are like you know, close relatives of insurance companies, like for example, CVS, mm -hmm. Caremark, you might have uh, Caremark, CVS Caremark is your PBM. So they basically, they set drug formularies, which are basically a list of drugs that you can get for certain ailments. So if you, if we had access to this as a public, you could look down every, let's say, I have I'll just use strep, strep throat because it's easy. Mm -hmm. I have strep throat. I went to the doctor. I have a, I have Optum RX PBM. Optum RX says that I can get amoxicillin for $5. It's generic. I can't use amoxicillin. I'm, I'm allergic to it. So I need to use something else. And they'll have a, a list of other things that you can be prescribed without needing a prior authorization. Mm -hmm. And that's, in general, how most drug, drug formularies work. That's very, very 
primitive (laughs) (laughs) description because it's a lot more complicated than that. Um, The problem is that PBMs and insurance companies are middlemen. Mm -hmm. So they take a cut. They want to take a cut of everything um, that is being paid into the healthcare system. So uh, drug companies will manufacture and they'll do clinical trials, which are very expensive, billions of dollars. Uh, The federal government right now cannot support something like that. Maybe if we got taxed for it, they could. Um, And we could have better trials. There's lots of reasons why we should have the federal government do that. Mm -hmm. But for right now, drug companies are the ones that are footing the bill. And they're international. Like these drug companies are, you know, they might have an office in the US, but their tax base is elsewhere. A lot of drug companies are based in Delaware because they don't get taxed there, or their tax rate is very low, thanks to Joe Biden. Ah. So fuck Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so these drug companies will set a price for a drug. Let's say it's insulin, and it's, I'll just do an outrageous number, $5,000, not so outrageous, <laughs> um, for a 30-day supply of insulin. Um, they will contract with the PBMs to lower the price. Um, Sometimes it's worth it if it's a big PBM that's like nationwide and they want to get as many people um, on this drug as possible. They will will discount the price for those patients and so that PBM will put that drug on their formulary. If the drug company doesn't want to contract with a PBM, that drug will not be available on the formulary. Your doctor will have to do a prior authorization for you to get it, which is paperwork. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's red tape. It's bureaucratic red, bureaucratic red tape. Um, this inflates prices because they're discounting on certain levels. They're also discounting for Medicaid because Medicaid, like basically drug monies don't make profit off of Medicaid prescriptions. It's discounted so low, they don't have a profit margin there. Um, but they have to because Medicaid is a huge part of the US like drug prescription market mm-hmm. <laughs> because people can't fucking afford to do shit here. Um, we're a first world country with a lot of, uh, a lot of Medicaid coverage, which is really crazy. Um, and, and so the, this inflates prices because they have to make money somewhere else so they're making money off of the people that maybe their their PBM doesn't cover that drug. And so they have to pay a very high out-of-pocket cost for that drug after the doctor does a prior, prior authorization to get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the other device companies do this too. So let's say you have like an IUD. If you're a woman and you are on long-term birth control, same, same like Paragard, same thing. Mm-hmm. They do this too. Um, certain device, like surgical device companies too, will do this as well. Because when you get, let's say you break your back and you go into surgery, you will get charged for the doctor. You will get charged for the hospital. You will get charged if you have to go to, like, physical therapy after that. You will get charged for the physical therapist. This is all separate bills, and then you also get charged for whatever device, whatever hardware, screws, plates, whatever was put in your back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And those are all, the device stuff is usually charged through a PBM, and then everything else is usually charged through insurance. So this is why it's so complicated. The other thing that's really shitty is that none of the pricing or payment or coverage information is public. Mm -hmm. So you can't, as a patient, look, go on OptumRx.com and see what's covered. You have to have your doctor's office call, sit on the phone for like 15 minutes when they don't have time to do that, and 
ask how much this will cost my patient, have them run it through their insurance and see how much it will cost. Let, how, do, how much does a Mirena cost for my patient? I have to sit on the phone and ask. Mm-hmm. Um, so drug formularies are not publicly available. ER or office visit costs are not usually not publicly available. You don't have a list of costs at the ER, like a Band-Aid is like $400 at the ER. Mm-hmm. That's not listed. <laughs> like your offices, your, your like private practice offices, um, primary care offices usually like have a set rate, like $120 for like an office visit, but they don't ev- advertise that. You find that out later on your bill. <laughs> um, and then they don't, they don't, insurance companies don't um, tell you what procedures are covered either. So what if I needed a mole revo- removed for skin cancer? And my insurance company didn't think that was medically necessary. And so I got charged full price for it. Well, I didn't know that until after I already got it removed because Mm -hmm. the insurance company didn't make that public to me. My office did the procedure, ran it through my insurance afterwards because they want to get paid (laughs) Uh, because they're a business as well. And then I get billed, you know, $2,000 or whatever crazy amount. Um, The other thing that is a problem is it's for profit, right? So doctors are businesses, Hospitals are businesses, and that's why we're seeing a problem now with COVID-19 is that hospitals can't pay their bills because they've had to cancel all of their scheduled surgeries, which make them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are going to not be able to sign paychecks for nurses, doctors, and other allied health professionals in the hospitals that are battling COVID-19 right now, which is nuts. Um but the other thing, too, is that the, the paperwork that PBMs and insurance companies require now of offices that don't have time to do this is it's it, it gets worse every year. If you have if you need to be prescribed a drug that is not on a PBM's formulary, your doctor has to do a prior authorization. They essentially have to tell the insurance company why it's medically necessary that you need this drug, even though they already prescribed it to you, deeming it medically necessary. Mm hmm. And this has to go to, they have to prescribe it. It has to get sent to the pharmacy who will try to run your PBM coverage and then it will get rejected, which goes back to the office. And then they tell you it's not covered and they have to do a prior authorization. It's going to take a few days, mm-hmm. which is the most convoluted fucking shit ever. <laughs> so this happens all the time. This is like for everything. This isn't even just for branded medication. This is for generic medication. I have experienced patients needing prior authorizations for generic antibiotics. They were resistant to certain other generic antibiotics. They needed a different generic antibiotic. The insurance company would not cover it without a prior authorization. Mm -hmm. And this person had like a UTI. And so if it escalated, they would get a kidney infection and need hospitalization, which would ultimately cost the PBM or insurance company more money. That's fucking ludicrous. Mm -hmm. It's, It's so... It's not logical at all, at all. (laughs) And so it's very obvious why we're having so many problems right now Mm -hmm. Um, and why we desperately need some type of nationalized health care. If we had nationalized health care, the government, which is what they do with Medicare and Medicaid right now, is they negotiate drug prices. So they'd basically say, we are going to pay you $400 for this drug. And it will be no charge to the patient because they pay taxes. And you just have to accept that. I don't care if you're charging $650 for that drug. We're only going to pay you $400, which is kind of what the insurance companies do now. A doctor will charge $120 for an office visit. Blue Shield can decide to just pay that doctor $70. And the doctor 
could choose not to contract with Blue Shield, but then they would lose all those patients. And Blue Shield is one of the biggest insurance providers in the country. Mm-hmm. So this is why we're in this shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have any questions? <laughs> I think, I think I'm pretty good. I've had to learn a lot about insurances over the past almost year that I've been working um, because I'm pouring myself another glass of wine. Hang on. Yeah, I need it. I'm opening another white cloth. Because, like, <sighs> fuck, man. Like, there's so, there's so many red tapes and hoops and all the things that we have to fucking jump through just to, one, get care but then also as a healthcare provider to provide health care like yeah before um, all this happened we were gonna have to start doing pre-auths for um one of the state insurances uh one of the managed medicaids like every i can't remember how many months but like justifying exactly why this client needs this exact amount of hours of individual therapy this exact amount of hours of group therapy and like that was going to be added to the paperwork that i have to do and i'm like well fuck if i like forget to do this i can't give a client service like it's just bullshit (laughs) yeah yeah. And I mean, you said managed Medicare, Medicaid. We, mm-hmm. I didn't even get into that because that's a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> managed Medicaid and then supplemental insurance for Medicare patients. Medicare is not like Medicare for all mm. sounds really great on paper, but Medicare is expensive. Yeah. My dad pays $800 a month Jesus in premiums Christ. and he is perfectly healthy. He has no health problems. He's not on any chronic medication. He's not on any medication at all. He pays $800 in premiums. And he also pays a premium to have supplemental health insurance through, like, I, f- I forget who he uses. I think he uses Kaiser. Mm. Um, so that if something happens, Kaiser can help cover the rest of the cost of what he needs, if he needs surgery or something like that, mm-hmm. because Medicare alone will not cover enough for him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's all that's bullshit. why the for-profit part of it just needs to be cut out, mm-hmm. because it... The like, I mean, yeah. it's single payer plans and government funded insurances are not perfect worldwide by any means, but it's a lot better than what we have now. A lot better than what we have now. Yep. Oof. Healthcare fucking sucks in the U.S. And God bless you if you are a nurse or a doctor. Yeah. Um. Anyone that has to, a biller, anyone that has to navigate this shit, because I have, like I said, I've worked in this since I was 19, and I still have a hard time with it sometimes, because you just don't know shit. Like, right. how can you find some of this stuff out? You just have to call them and sit on hold for forever. Right. And who the person that's on the other side of the phone is looking at a, a binder that has protocols that mm-hmm. they're, you know, they have a BA in, like, communications. They don't know anything about, like, medicine. They're right. not a doctor. Right. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. I have so many doctors that are, like, if I would have known it was going to be like this 10 years ago, I wouldn't have gone into medicine. I would have gone into business or something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Because there, you can't make money as a doctor unless you are, like, a cardiac surgeon. Right. <laughs> Cardiologists make a lot of money because they do a lot of surgeries. Any profession that does a lot of surgeries is those are the professions that make money. Right. Because everybody else doesn't make shit. <laughs> everything is fucked, Jess. Yeah. To, Sorry to be a downer, but everything to, is fucked and we need drastic changes. Yeah. That was 
That was my point. <laughs> Too long, didn't All read. of that convoluted shit. We need drastic change so it's not convoluted like this. I am very interested to see what the world is going to look like after COVID-19. Same. Um, I think it's going to look wildly different than the world we have yeah. right now and the world we had before. Um, suddenly all these things that were never possible are possible. Uh, like, because you can't have like government funded healthcare without like paid sick leave. mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, you need all of these things need to happen, right? It's all or nothing, everything all the time. (laughs) It's yeah, it's fucking wild. And you need to fund childcare, you need to, you know, like. You need to fund school meals or you need to make it so that people have a living wage so they can feed their kids so they're not having to go to school to have the only hot meal that they have of the day. Right. I will say something that's something that's been really I don't want to say it's really cool because it's just what people should be doing anyway. But like I know one of the local middle schools that's in the school district that I went to um, every day, Monday through Friday from like. 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. or something like that, they are giving free meals to kids 18 and under, no questions asked. And I know... A lot of schools are doing that in in my area, too. And one of the local restaurants um, by us, um, which has fantastic food, by the way, is also doing a very similar thing. Any kid 18 and under, no questions asked, free meal. Um good and that's every day of the week which is really cool so we will definitely be giving them our patronage when we can go back <laughs> to their restaurant yeah. um, but we shouldn't have to be there you yeah, know what i mean right. like yeah you're absolutely right it's um, fucking crazy food is a basic human right and capitalism does not work no no nothing about this works it does not work <laughs> so Capitalism is why we have the healthcare system that we have. It's why we have the child care uh, funding or child child care, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. It's why we have the mental health care that we have. It's why we have the wages that we have. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to squeeze all the all the 1%, 2%, even like 5% of business owners are trying to squeeze every penny out of their business as they can. Instead of actually caring about the people and the labor um, that's being done, and I think our economic essential, our essentially economic collapse right now is yeah. showing that labor matters. Yep. Like that's what drives profit. Quote: If you're going to be a capitalist, right. and so maybe you should value the laborers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I know this doesn't really relate to Star Wars, but we're no, talking about whatever. it anyway because it's it's something that needs to be talked about. I don't think enough people understand why we're like fucking socialists, yeah, and why we want to burn it all down. Yeah, is because this is this is why. Anyway, happy anniversary! <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jess has stepped down from her like thirty minute soapbox. <laughs> yeah, trust. If you have questions about this, DM me. Yeah, I could go on for hours. Yeah. I regularly do trainings on this shit at work for California because California has the most complicated insurance uh, system mm-hmm. of all 50 states. Jesus <laughs> Christ. So if you, need, if you need help understanding your insurance plan, please call me. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good soul. Which is why I started a podcast with you. Oh, wait.
Yeah. So more than a year ago, Jess and I had been talking about wanting to start a pod um, as we were ending other podcast chapters of our lives. We were like, okay, but cool. Like we still like attention and <laughs> like talking uninterrupted for long well, periods of time. We have things to say. Yes, we do. You know? We do. We're very... And I don't want to get like added on Twitter about shit yeah. that like no one is actually paying attention or no one follows me, right. you know? Right, right. Yeah. That's not what I want. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't we, want Jasmine Kasdan up in my up in my ass. <laughs> me either. <laughs> but yet, maybe he'll die of coronavirus. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Though you know what? Now that you bring that, not John Kasdan dying of coronavirus. Um, <laughs> but now that you bring that up, I've realized that like I think both of us do significantly less like long Twitter threads like, long, ranty Twitter threads that used to get a, sh- a shit ton of awful people in our mentions. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we just fucking talk about it here, and then people, if they don't want to fucking listen, then they don't listen. I mean, I feel like some things need to be said in a oh, Twitter yeah. thread, because I know, I mean, we only have a certain amount of listeners and only a certain amount of people that are willing to listen. Right. Not everybody listens to podcasts. Right. But at the same time, like... I definitely use Twitter as like a journal sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. Especially nowadays. <laughs> Day three work. Can from I just home. say the views on my Instagram stories have gone up exponentially <laughs> since everybody is at home watching Instagram all day. <laughs> also, I would like to say if you have been increasing your screen time on your phone and you've been holding your wrist in a certain position, please take the time to sit down and stretch your wrist so that you do not have joint problems in the near future because I am having that problem right now. Oh. Continue. <laughs> I will I will do a video of a joint, a, a wrist stretch that you can do and post it on our Patreon. Aw, <laughs> thank you, Yoga Jess. <laughs> Here to serve the people. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so well over a year ago, Jess and I had been in like conspiratorial mode of like, we're going to create a podcast and it's going to be so great. And we went through a lot of like different names we could call the pod. I remember one of them was like Millennial Falcon. <laughs> yeah, which I think someone took. I think someone yeah. has that now. Fuckers. Um, I would like to say um, Jared Jones um, at I Snow Nothing is the one who came up with this name. Mm-hmm. Like I was kind of like, he's really creative. And so I was like, what do you think of a podcast name that would suit me and Abby? And he mm-hmm. was like, Lousy Beautiful Tan. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, we knew we wanted it something along... After a while, we were like, we wanted to be like Rose Tico centered. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's kind of how that she all represented. I think we talked about that like in an early episode too, about how she represents a lot of what we're about. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I think that was like one of the very first episodes that we did was like, she's Rose kind of totally a socialist. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a revolutionary. Yeah. And she's kind of like the everyman. Like, she's, she doesn't have like, amazing fantastical powers but like she still kicks ass and gets shit done um i'd like to think rose we're the same totally part of the dsa yeah she is of america <laughs> she has a rose in her uh her, <laughs> her name on twitter mm-hmm. but yeah we did it we made it a whole year yeah, and we're gonna keep going. Yep. We got more. We got a lot more stuff to talk about. We have more guests that we want to have on. Yes, to talk about this shit. Like I think we said this last time. We have a whole list of things that we yeah. want to talk about. We just been kind of tired lately. Yeah. But now that we kind of have um, like a lull, I mean, we have Clone Wars coming out, which we're planning on. We're figuring out how we want to cover Clone Wars. Um, 
we have a couple of books coming out here and there, but like we're going to have a pretty big lull in terms of Star Wars stuff until Mando comes back. So hopefully that we'll get a lot more of our like, excuse me, now I'm burping. And now it is time for the Also, we need to we cover... Yeah, now we need to, we need to cover resistance too. Now that it's over, we can Shit. watch it. Maybe at some point. Yeah, we should probably do that now. Now that we got time. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I don't really have time though. I'm still no. working from home. Yeah, I worked from home eight hours today, and it sucked. I worked from eight a.m. to like six p.m. Essentially, Jesus I stopped for thirty minutes to exercise, and then I continued. Oh, I also made greens, but whatever. That took like fifteen minutes of my time. Yeah. So yeah, but we're here. We've done it for a whole year, and so we went to. Oh, it's still time for the pot, the part of the pod where Abby keeps burping. Um, <laughs> I switched from whiskey to white claw, so I'm in that boat too. Uh, I'm just drinking wine. I don't know why. Why are you burping with wine? Acid <laughs> reflux. Did you eat? I did. Oh, I had puns it. I'll send you some of my protonics. Oh, thank you. <laughs> commit a, I'll commit a federal crime and yes. use of my prescription, prescription drugs. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but we went to Twitter and we were like, yo, what are y'all's favorite Lousy Beautiful Town moments? Because we're interested in like what the what stuff of ours y'all think is funny. And there is a clear theme of <laughs> um, shut the fuck up, no bitch, and Jacqueline, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And dicks. Lots of dicks. <laughs> So, um, we're just going to go through some of the people who actually responded. So, shout out to the people who actually responded. Uh, y'all are yeah. our favorite listeners. Everybody else can. All, a lot of suck you are, are patrons, too. Yeah. So, thank you for yeah. also funding this enterprise. <laughs> yes. This enterprise. Um, so, yeah, so we'll go through some of your favorite moments and then we can talk a little bit about some of our favorite moments and then we'll get into our little self care podcast part. <laughs> So, Roman said, well, Roman gave a list of some of their favorites. Um, Shut the fuck up, no bitch. Classic. (laughs) Um, I I distinctly remember recording that episode. I remember, like, I was sitting on this giant beanbag chair in my office, (laughs) and there were tears (laughs) running down my face. I think that was the, was that the Alphabet Squadron episode? I think so. I I think it was around that time. Um, but like <laughs> that we, video to this day we, still gets me. I know, but like we couldn't fucking stop. <laughs> Every like through the entire episode, <laughs> shut the fuck up. No, no bitch. bitch. <laughs> um, and then oh, we have so good old boy Juan when Jess's <laughs> boy Juan pod <laughs> when Jess's phone auto corrected Obi Wan to boy Juan. <laughs> uh, Ray has a big fat dick. Any Jacqueline t- classic. Yes. Uh, anytime Jacqueline is on TBH, fair, same. And then anytime mm-hmm. y'all make me cry or laugh in public, crying. Anytime you talk about Leia, laughing, pretty much everything else. So, thanks, Roman. Thank you, all. and thank you for being a patron. Yes, a patron. <laughs> Peyton's. Peyton's. Uh Dandy said, shut the fuck up. No, bitch, kid. Definitely created some show highlights. <laughs> You're fucking right, it did. We're still laughing about it. Uh. <laughs> I'm picturing the video. Right now. Hello, the boys and girls. Up. Shut the fuck up. Whoa. Do you need 
to leave. No, no. bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> oh my god. Um Hope said, what I love about you guys is your willingness to talk about the hard topics that other shows don't address. It might be tough at times, but you're having incredibly important conversations that need to be had. That's my favorite thing you guys do. Thank you for it. Thank you. We love to talk about the hard stuff. Yeah. Like raise big fat dick. <laughs> the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Tristan said, I'm always always laughing when I listen, but especially when Jacqueline is on. Those are my favorite episodes. Okay, we see a theme, guys. We get it. <laughs> um, Spectre 8 said, I enjoyed What Do Thomas Jefferson and Papa Palps Have in Common? That is a niche episode. Yeah. That was- That's when we talked about like our um, Myers-Briggs. Yeah, right? that was episode four. I feel like that's one of our like least listened to episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But we should look that up actually. You do that. Yeah. I'll keep going with Spectre Aid's answer. Uh, Ray has a big fat dick and not in my good Christian Mandalorian. <laughs> a classic. Ray. Ray has a big fat dick. Yep. It's just a classic. Yep. But honestly, hard to pick. They're all great. Also, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Darth Camus said when you guys did a reaction episode to the Rise of Skywalker trailer when Ray says people keep telling me they know me they don't Kylo Ren responds but I do and then Abby yells no you don't bitch shit had me rolling (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that (laughs) but it's a good moment Uh, and then Emma said Ray has a big fat dick Mm mm-hmm uh, Luke missed his dick appointment. <laughs> I like how Emma had to clarify on Twitter yes. what that entailed. <laughs> did he miss his dick appointment or did his he missed his dick? <laughs> and we're like, no, no, like he was he missed the butt sex, Emma. That's what he missed. <laughs> um and then Emma also said Abby flirting with a clueless dress. Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you all. It's the best subplot of a lousy beautiful tone. Who's <laughs> writing our fanfic? <laughs> Meg, are you doing that? <laughs> Could you imagine if people actually wrote fanfic? That would be weird. Oh my god. I'm slightly disappointed that no one said our Ewoks versus Yoda rivalry. Um, I feel like that is a huge part of our brand. And I'm upset. We learned, and I'm, I'm looking at all of our episodes right now. Our, our uh, like, list of episodes. And um, it was in episode eight, Jess doesn't like fun, is when we discovered that Jess <laughs> hates Ewoks. I very distinctly remember that. <laughs> and we had the wonderful month of gay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like reading, I'm reading all of our episode titles. Vibrating yeah. Wrath Tars. I was not on that episode, but it was a great That's episode. A I had a lot of fun editing that. <laughs> so let me just say, when I edit things, I'm very critical of like what I say, obviously, because it's me and I'm my own worst critic. But when I am editing what mm. you or others say, I'm like, well... 
if they don't tell me they want something cut out, I'm just going to leave everything in. So I like listened to that because it was my first time listening to it because I wasn't a part of the conversation. And I was like, this is excellent. I'm not cutting anything out <laughs> unless it's like bad quality. <laughs> and so it was a very easy, to, easy yeah. editing process, but it was also extremely entertaining. Also, the... Yeah. Uh, the bonus episode that you, Danny, and Lynn, right? <laughs> yeah. What did you? What did we title that episode? Or what did you title that episode? Um, I titled that. Where did it go? Where did it go? Lousy rogue <laughs> sapphic. This is good content. Oh god. Um, yeah, that was that was a joy to record, um, and a joy to have both Danny and Lynn in my house. <laughs> And drinking oh, wine and us. just talking absolute but, fucking but nonsense. COVID nineteen. Jess was supposed yeah, to so come. If you're a patron, you might have noticed that I was talking about flight prices. I clearly did not. Well, I would have flown there this weekend, but clearly, I am trying to be responsible and not trying to leave the house. Also, I am under stay in uh, place shelter in place, it. so I can't go anywhere anyway. Um, I was supposed to visit Abby this weekend for a cheap flight. Um, we decided it was not a good idea. <laughs> I feel like we really hit our stride as a podcast uh, in episode 13, De- Deep Stuff, but also Porn with uh, Oh, yes. Annalise. I honestly, <laughs> we started off quick. Like, our second episode was about, yeah. like, abuse, online abuse. And mm-hmm. I really loved that episode, personally. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like it set the tone. It's our third most. I feel like it really episode. set the tone for what we wanted this to be, and I feel like it was really important. And I feel like we do that a lot. We try to talk about stuff that's important, yeah. and we try to give resources, and we try to, um, I don't know, talk about how things are not sometimes solvable. Like sometimes it's just good enough right. to reflect on them and why they're important and why we should think about them, but not necessarily that we have the answers because we don't. I agree that deep stuff, but also porn started are are extremely <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, we were already inappropriate, but this just gave us freedom yeah, to be like, like inappropriate. Also, you and Annalise made me question my sexuality, which I was like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" I'm being yeah. ganged up on. By the A team, literally. Yeah, it was great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, Annalise is always a joy to podcast with. Uh, I need to have her on she again. Is. She's so knowledgeable and hilarious, and we don't deserve her. And yet, yeah, we have her. We'll get her on soon. We'll figure out a way. I'm just like scrolling through all of our. Episodes. I know that not a lot of like crazy, like funny shit came out of um, our episode with Ash about the Mandalorian, but I. Th- I that was probably the most fun I have ever had recording an episode yeah. a podcast episode. We were just like out yes. of control. <laughs> like it was it was fucking yeah. chaos and it was I was in tears. Literal tears. Like the whole yeah. fucking episode. <laughs> that and um <laughs> fucking pickled smoke <laughs> with Jacqueline. <laughs> Oh, oh all of our episodes God. with Jacqueline too have been like a delight. Just mm-hmm. like she is yeah. just We have some we have some really fucking we funny really friends. Do. Like this is this is what we're learning about 
our podcast is y'all like our friends more than you like <laughs> Jacqueline, Annalise, Ash. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It has been a it wonderful has. ride that I'm very happy to continue going on. Because, I mean, not only has it been fun to, to, to podcast with each other, which it uh, absolutely has, is I feel like we have grown much closer as friends yeah. as well. Like, Jess and I text almost every day about stupid shit or serious shit. <laughs> we make haikus about how my workplace was not allowing me to stay home. That was a great... <laughs> oh, no, one is dead. <laughs> Literal belly laughing. Tears running down my face mm-hmm. when we were doing that. Yeah, most excellent. But thank you to all of y'all because, I mean, y'all are... I mean, like, not necessarily giving us a platform because we were just basically like, here's a platform, it's ours now, but you're listening and you boost our episodes and you interact with us and some of you support us financially and it's wonderful and without all y'all, this wouldn't, I mean, it probably would be possible, but it wouldn't be as fun. it's true. (laughs) It's fun, I mean, we can sit here and record a conversation and that's fine, but it's really, it is really fun to have the interaction and to have the feedback and to, to know that yeah. like people think we're funny <laughs> and that we yeah. have guests oh, on sure. that are like so knowledgeable and so smart and so deep and funny as well that you guys also love, like that warms our hearts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, our second most yeah. downloaded episode is the rise of Ray's big fat dick, which is a whole message in its own. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that is when we talked about Rise of Skywalker, correct? With Jacqueline? Yes, with Jacqueline. Yeah. I'm like, now I'm reading our episode titles because they're fucking hilarious. So I became <laughs> his daddy. Some of these, I'm like, this has nothing to do feminism. with anything that we talked about. I don't know what this is about. White, I remember white goose, femis- fe- white goose feminism was because of the goose game, because I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> that was with, um, that was also with uh, Padre Lex, Lex Sap. <laughs> when we were guessing what the Mando's name not, was. Not close at all. Not even Didn't remotely close. <laughs> Thanks, Ash. <laughs> Ginger. Ginger. <laughs> oh, that was one of my favorite. Okay, I was, I was, I'm still looking at our episodes. One of my favorite episodes was when we, when I made Jess watch uh, oh the new Yoda Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was great. I love making Jess watch. We need to do shit, more, which I'm planning. <laughs> Yeah, I'm planning. I'm planning on having us watch more of the New Yoda Chronicles, and then possibly maybe even like Droid Tales because they're also very fucking charming and hilarious. Um, and on Disney Plus. <laughs> and then I was texting Jess the other night, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I need to make you watch uh, this uh, play called Annie, oh, a parody." God. Which is put on and created by the same people uh, who did a very Potter musical. So it's a uh, Team Star man. Kid. And they made a parody of Star Wars. And it, honestly, it is not their best <laughs> by any means. But it's still fucking stupid and hilarious. Okay, can I? <laughs> so going back to our favorite episode. <laughs> so I really 
really enjoyed our Clone Wars episode where you brought up the uh, EU art of Kiarimundi. <laughs> to my absolute horror and surprise. Hot Kiarimundi. <laughs> because... And how he has many wives. <laughs> you know that we love talking about sad things and we love being sad and we love Ahsoka. So that was great. But then we also <laughs> got to talk about this horrific art. <laughs> talk about I had to bring up that our literal dickhead man in the Clone Wars. And it was great. He fucks for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. So being serious, I... um. I want to say like some of our favorite episodes that we've done Mm -hmm. are the serious ones where we talked about like like fandom stuff like racism especially when we talked about princess week's video and raylo and stuff like that and redemption and all that kind of stuff that was kind of going around in fandom at the time because i don't feel like there are a lot of podcasts out there that talk about the duality of being a woman of color mm-hmm. and a, a woman in fandom because fandom is so right, right. white <laughs> but even though it's not right. star wars is very white i guess it's white it's you know it's in, it's within a system of white supremacy and i just really appreciate that you're willing to put yourself out there with me and talk about those really complex topics where we don't necessarily have an answer to what needs to be done or what you can do as an individual to affect change. We just, right. it just needs to be talked about. And I think that's one of my favorite things about doing a podcast with you is just your willingness to talk about the hard stuff and talk about complex things and actually have a conversation that isn't like a 280 character Twitter right. tweet. <laughs> tweet. <laughs> like anyway, <laughs> uh, but that's not easy to do. And I don't necessarily hear a lot of podcasts talking about stuff like that. Not to say that like, Oh, look at us, like whatever, but I really don't. And I've stopped listening to a lot of star Wars podcasts, purely because I don't I feel like that's really important and even if you're going to be like talking about content like actual Star Wars content or just like silly stuff like it's important to talk about that stuff too even if you're not diving super deep into it like maybe we do but I just don't I feel like you can't you can't exist in this world well apparently you can but I don't feel comfortable existing in a world where you can just ignore things like how women of color are treated in the Star Wars narratives or how queer people are treated in Star Wars narratives essentially ignored or just like edited in or out based on what audience they're in front of. I don't want to be a part of that. And I feel like we're trying to create something that can love what we love, Mm -hmm. but also critique it. And I feel like that's really important and I'm proud to be a part of something Me with too. you that does that. Ouch. My heart. No, I mean, when we set out to do this pod, like, we knew we wanted, I mean, like, we cl- we came up with the tagline. We wanted to scream about Star Wars and put our fists through things. Um, that was a thing that we basically started from the beginning. Um, where it wasn't, we're just going to talk about 
the news and Star Wars and stuff like that. Like, we were going to talk about real world issues and real fandom issues and issues of representation and all of that jazz. Um, but I guess never, you know, when we first started it, I don't think I'd ever imagined we'd end up where we are now, which is like, fucking, like, we don't give a shit. <laughs> we're just kind of doing our own thing and, like, burning a lot of bridges and calling people out which i you know yeah is i feel rare for podcasters in general um and yeah it is right and it's sometimes i get really anxious doing it but it needs to be done yeah like i need to make fun of dave filoni (laughs) yeah and the thing is like it, I really had to, like, when we started doing that, I, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, mm-hmm. because that's something that I didn't do with Rebel Girl because right. of, like, associations that they had with Lucasfilm. Right. And it's really freeing to yes, be able is. to do that. And it's freeing because I realized that I don't care about getting invited to red carpets. No. Or being on panels. Like, I want to be on the panels that matter to me. Yep. SW Rep Matters. I want to talk about inclusion and representation and mm. marginalized people and why our stories matter. Yeah. I don't care. I like talking about content. I like talking right. about the deep stuff. I like like analyzing um, Star Wars on a narrative level. I think that's really fun and important, but that's an, a part of escapism that I think a lot of you can get from a lot of other podcasts. Right, 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 right. Is, I think that our combination of being able to talk about that kind of stuff, deep stuff, but also porn, mm-hmm. and also the real world issues that go along with writing fiction in a white supremacist society right. is what I really appreciate that we can do. I don't know. I just, I, I'm not trying to be like, <laughs> look at us, but I mean, and uh, I have also stopped listening to a lot of Star Wars podcasts. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I really only consistently listen to a few of them. Um, because I just get so fucking exhausted with people not calling shit out the way it needs to be called out. Um, and the pods that I listen to do that still. Yeah. I think, too, I get frustrated with the ability to just look at narrative Mm-hmm. And analyze stuff based off of like either film, um, or you know like historical like uh, what am I trying to say like film homage. Mm-hmm. Star Wars does a lot of that with like samurai films, westerns, things like that, and also just narrative like hero's journey storytelling type of thing. Right. Um, that's all fair, but. You have to look at the context of those things. And I think I get just I just get really tired of people talking about that stuff without looking at the context. Mm-hmm. Who is the hero? Who is always the hero in our Western narratives? Mm-hmm. And why? Like, we talk about this a lot in our Patreon episodes about, like, kind of looking at things from a different perspective of, like, hey... Maybe my mental health diagnosis is really just a product of like misogyny and capitalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I just, it's really hard for me to just listen. Oh, like, oh, yes, like hero's journey and mm-hmm. like um, ring theory and all that kind yeah. of shit that everybody talks about with Star Wars. And it's like, okay, but why should this matter to me as a woman of color? Why should this right. matter to you as a queer woman? Right. Why should this matter as as someone who has to see themselves in white characters 
and has had to from like the beginning of history. Right. <laughs> like, why should that matter to us? Like, yeah, the, the, I feel like those are the kind of pods you go to for escapism, but like how long can you dig your head under the sand and escape from the very real issues that come with Star Wars and come with fandom that aren't willing to talk about some of these more serious issues. Like, I love to hear a podcast about the themes in Star Wars and stuff like that as much as the next person. But at the end of the day, like you're saying, Jess, like, where's my buy-in? <laughs> like, yeah. I can hear about this all the time. Right. Why do like, we care about fucking Luke Skywalker? He's like a white dude <laughs> who like fucking like is part of the most fucking powerful force family in the history of the galaxy. Like, right. why do I care about him? I'm an Asian woman. Right. Like, but I do. Right. But I mean, like, we even we haven't talked about Hero's Journey. Like we it's a whole fucking it's 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 an episode title, isn't it? Yeah. Or at yeah. least it was in contention. Yeah, it's a fucking episode. hero's journey. It's a fucking <laughs> hero's journey. Right. So we talk about those things, but we also talk about the fact that, like, when we talk about, we, we talked about, I'm going to keep saying words like we talked about. Blech. We talked about being a, a hero's journey in the context of Ray, but it wasn't necessarily just about the fact that Ray goes through a hero's journey. It's that Luke Skywalker's allowed to go through a hero's journey and no one bats a fucking eyelid, but God forbid Ray does as a woman and all hell breaks loose. So, I mean, like, yeah, we could fucking talk about themes and, and AP literature all we fucking want, but at the end of the day, it means dick all if we're not talking about the real implications of the fiction that we are consuming and by having a podcast promoting. Because yeah. that's what Star Wars gets from us, is free promo. Um, yeah. And we play right into their game and you know whatever like we have fun doing it i don't know i just get tired i get really tired and i'm very thankful and happy that we have chosen to use our platform the way that we use it um and i'm very happy that i get to use the platform the way i want to use it with one of my my dearest friends in the whole wide world so but like going back to what you, you <laughs> but like going back to what you said about like I used to really give a shit about Lucasfilm people <laughs> and not in like in in a way that was like oh my god I want to be their friends I want to have inside knowledge you know stuff like that um, like I still give a shit about them as as like human beings and stuff like that. But, like, I used to really put a lot of value on that as a newer person in fandom. And, like you said, it is so fucking freeing to just be like, fuck this person. Fuck that person. Charlie, shut up. I'm talking. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was going to say, it's really freeing to not give a shit about that anymore. And not giving a shit about, like, I got to get on all the important panels and whatnot at Celebration. Like, something that I had pitched to you because we had planned on applying for the podcast stage. Um, I still, so last celebration, I pitched a mental health and Star Wars panel because, you know, a fucking course I did. Um, (laughs) and every single person on that panel was a woman for the most part, I think for the whole part, all except for Jess, all of us were queer women. Um, that is usually my role. Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is fair. But we, you know, like I, we were trying to make sure that they're women of color and and disabled. Well, we were all disabled women, but you know, um, and it didn't get accepted. Um, which whatever, not a big deal. Usually, like first time shooting your shot at a panel doesn't get accepted anyway. Um, but it was still like a a, a bummer because like it was something that needed to be talked about and. Um, at the time of submitting it, I really only had like a, I don't think I had a platform to talk about mental health in Star Wars at that point. And so, um, but anyway, something that I had said was I'd wanted to pitch that panel again this year. Um, and I had said to Jess, like, if it doesn't get accepted, you know what I would love to do is hijack our podcast stage if we were to get accepted into the podcast stage and just turn it into that panel, which I feel like would be a really nice (laughs) fuck you. (laughs) But, like, that's what we mean by, like, this stuff is more important than, I don't know, just dicking around about Star Wars. Like, (laughs) which is also important. Like that escapism is it important, is, and we have lots of laughs in our I know, episodes. But, the people but... That are escaping still live in this reality of right marginalization. I don't want to live in an escapism that's ignorant. Yes, absolutely. I want my escapism to to take me out of it for a little bit, but not act like everything is sunshines and rainbows and people yeah. are a monolith. Or you can and- have escapism where there is exceptionalism from marginalized people. You can have escapism yeah. where the main character yeah. is a black man who is force sensitive and, and will be a Jedi someday. You can have that where it shows ex- black oh, right. exceptionalism. You can have escapism where a black female character be happy and having a great life and being good at what she does and still being able to live. <laughs> like you can have mm-hmm. those things with still acknowledging like this is, you know, a thing in our real lives because as writers, as producers, right. as directors, as consumers, we cannot escape our biases. We cannot escape our blind spots we can improve upon them. We can be more informed. We can learn. But mm-hmm. we, what we write and what we consume in media cannot escape the real world. Um, it's right. always going to have implications on our fiction, on our media. And I think it's really important. I would love for Star Wars to be a part of that. I feel like there's a lot of science fiction and fantasy that does a good job with that. I think we've talked about that on in, on previous episodes, previous Patreons. And I would love for Star Wars to be a part of that. Otherwise, I feel like it's just going to become irrelevant to me. It's just going to be the same fucking white protagonist or the masked man of color that never gets to show his face. Mm-hmm. That's boring. It's boring because it doesn't reflect real life. It reflects one perspective. And if we don't demand more, if we don't, like, critique what we love, nothing's going to (laughs) happen. Like, white supremacy is not going to just disappear because we ignore it. I don't know. I I have decided in my middle age... (laughs) That I do not give a fuck about being in cahoots with any type of corporate entity. 
Um, even if that gets me mm-hmm. any kind of promotional benefit, um, I would rather speak mm-hmm. my truth and speak my criticisms right. with love and with clarity <laughs> than kiss up to a corporation that routinely silences mm-hmm. journalists over various other circumstances, which we could talk about in a future mm-hmm. episode, but yeah, but I will I will call all of those people who care more about what Lucasfilm thinks of them than actually talking about real world issues. What my thirteen <laughs> year old sassy ass client called me on Friday, which made me very upset. Uh, capitalists. <laughs> She called me a fucking capitalist because I didn't pirate The Sims 4 like she did. I mean, fuck? she's not wrong. <laughs> no, she's not. Support your local pirates. <laughs> right. I was like, so how are you doing? How are you handling the quarantine? Because, you know, she's one of my high anxiety kids. And she's like, oh, I'm great. I just pirated the entirety of The Sims 4. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Good for you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> so we've been going on for a little while. But as I always like to end my sessions with my kids, uh, let's talk about self-care. <laughs> um, Struggling. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. I was supposed to co- record an episode of Project Tahiti yesterday with Jared completely forgot to prepare or even that it was something that we were going to do yesterday because I completely lost track of the days Mm -hmm. and was so depressed that I just played Sims for like 13 hours. But did you pirate it though? I'm a capitalist. (laughs) Capitalist. (laughs) Well, I haven't been sleeping for a number of reasons, um, but this has increased it tenfold of having a really hard time sleeping um i'm not used to working from home being stuck at home all the time is as as much as i keep joking like i've trained for this my entire life which i have i am an introverted person but you are and very an much so value my alone time and very much <laughs> like you stay home yes. by choice this is not by choice this is different right and i but i am one of my big triggers is having to stay home oh, all the time. No. <laughs> um, so I am concerned about triggering a depressive episode. Um, my last big, 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 big one was my senior year of college um, in my undergrad program, which was, it was right <laughs> after the election. So it was about four years ago, which is good. <laughs> That's a mood. Right? Like, Right? (laughs) Like, I've had a lot of, like, minor episodes since. um, But, like, my last big one was about four years ago. But, like, I feel very similarly like I did then in that I'm either not sleeping at all or getting so much sleep, but I'm so, so tired. And so self-care has been really hard for me the past couple of days. But I'm trying. Mm -hmm. I got Animal Crossing. Oh! And so Chris and I have been playing Animal Crossing. I just bought a Switch. You did that in the course of us... Being on the podcast. Yes, I did. I did it at the very beginning, but I didn't want to, you know, sidetrack us. But I did it earlier, like about an hour ago. You're shitting every single one of my nuts right now. I totally, I bought one. (laughs) Yeah, I bought a yellow one. one It's very cute. You 
You bought one while we were yep. podcasting. It's going to be here on Tuesday. I love you so much. <laughs> so I have. A, I won't be here for a week, but I still am going to have it. <laughs> yeah. I bought a yellow one because oh, fucking so Asian, excited. okay? Yellow apparel. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. You need to get Animal Crossing. You need to get Mario Kart so you can play Mario Kart with me, Danny, Ash, and Emma. Um... What else do you, you you should get Jeopardy and play Jeopardy? <laughs> with I am not eighty. <laughs> because no, no one will play Jeopardy because you're me. fucking eighty and your twenty five year old body. <laughs> I tried, I tried to play online mode in Jeopardy, but nobody was on. So yeah, so I bought a Switch. It's happening. I yeah. need so all the games that I play are like. Um, solo first person story mode type games like i play sims i play the mm-hmm. witcher i pl- i will sometimes play overwatch but i get annoyed i also like skyrim i like um what's the fucking name of that pirate fucking uh assassin's creed <laughs> sorry <laughs> fucking pirate revolutionary whatever <laughs> historical shit assassin's creed i'm really into uh-huh. that kind of stuff like so I don't play like online games anymore. I used to play a lot of MMOs. I used to play World of Warcraft like crazy. Like I was super into that for years. I used to play Star Wars The Old Republic, but I just don't have time for that. I do have time for it now, but right. it's kind of overwhelming to think about playing an MMO. So I need something right. where I can interact with people, but it's not like an MMO or Overwatch right. where I'm like battling mean. people. And In that vein of the games that you like, you should also get Breath of the Wild. I should get what? Breath of the Wild. What is that? Legend of Zelda. No zombies, right? No okay, zombies. Cool. Oh, Zelda. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, that's fine. <laughs> like, there's like skeletons, but no, no, no zombies. Um, you would really like Breath of the Wild because it's open world. Yeah. So you're familiar with that with Skyrim and Assassin's Creed and, and stuff and like Witcher. that. And Witcher. Yeah. Um, but yes, Breath of the Wild is amazing. It's gorgeous and it's very relaxing and also yet very fun. Sweet. I bet they're having um, <laughs> Because <laughs> everybody's fucking having a sale. Yeah. I fucking bought yeah, The Witcher uh, DLC like two weeks ago, paid full price for it, and now they're having a sale for like $10, and I'm fucking pissed. <sighs> this is why I should just pirate That's, but everything. You, but you... <laughs> But you got, but you got Sims Four University on sale. Is this true? As part of a bundle, I got University and I got like a a stuff pack and something else. I mm-hmm. got sports or whatever, fitness or whatever it is. I don't know. That's great. Yeah, my my yeah. my Sims are going to college and they're getting paid more yeah. because they have degrees, which is not realistic, but it's fine. No, uh, we're living in a fantasy <laughs> world and they're having children and you know thriving and it's great not yeah not like what's happening now <laughs> nope so that's kind of like our fun self-care that we've been doing is like video games um one of the not fun self-care things that i did yes dude no that was on saturday is i washed our sheets so i was very proud of myself for that Good job. um laundry is my nemesis aside from <laughs> cooking yeah aside from cooking laundry is my number one depression task mm. Um, so doing my laundry is absolute hell. And then doing laundry that I'm like, I should do this, but I don't necessarily need to do this, but like I should do it is like the sheets won't get washed for forever. And so I wash the sheets and it feels wonderful going to bed. Mm-hmm. But I have a boyfriend that, it, um, moves a lot in his sleep and so he pulls the sheets mm-hmm. off the bed and that's how I know when it's time to wash the sheets. So I get, I get an indicator <laughs> 
because the sheets are uh-huh. half off the bed when it's like, okay, I should just right. wash these. I will just not make the bed and pull them the other halfway off. Because I would rather do that than put the sheets back on the bed. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. my motivation. That's fair. That's fair. I I didn't do any self-care last week. I was a fucking mess. I was anxious out of my mm-hmm. mind because of I was worried about, you know, my dad and my stepmom. And we got the news that her cancer had returned like on fucking Monday. Tuesday, right. Monday, whenever it was the first day that I worked from home. And it was mm-hmm. not great. Um, and um, didn't have therapy last week. I had it the week before. It was my first session back. I have it this week, thank God. But just like not used to working from home. I don't do well working from home. I My job is mm-hmm. very like not structured at all, but... I have things to do that I can't do at home. And so I'm trying to learn ways to do those things virtually. And it's very hard because I'm fine adapting. The people that I need to be virtual with don't want to adapt. So I'm trying to convince them Mm -hmm. to adapt, which is very difficult, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure you understand. So (laughs) me with a seven-year-old with ADHD. (laughs) So I have been making lists, physically writing down lists i have a work to-do list that has little boxes that i need to check because that is very satisfying to me to have boxes to check physically Mm -hmm. so i'm working on that um and then i have a personal to-do list of things just to do around the house um or just like in general like organizational things or like hey i need to put up the curtains because i've only put up one set of curtains since we've moved here in august and it's now march Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you know things like that um and today i decided to help me work from home which this might be helpful to you actually abby or maybe anyone else that's Mm. having a hard time adjusting i got up Not as early as I would have gotten up if I had to go to work, but I got up at like, I set an alarm. I got up at like, you know, I got up at like eight, I think. I got Mm -hmm. up and physically got ready, like brushed my teeth, washed my face, got dressed, not into like a work outfit, but a different outfit, like a different set of leggings and (laughs) t-shirt. But I thought (laughs) I changed my clothes and like did my mm-hmm. whole like I got up I made my coffee I made my tea I made a snack um, I made my smoothie that I usually take with me in the car when I'm you know commuting I made all of that stuff and I just set it all on my desk and I got to work and it was so much easier to get into the mindset of working and I actually worked all freaking day because yeah. of it which I don't know may or may not be good but it was really helpful to like feel like I was actually getting ready for work and I was like in work mode for a few hours mm-hmm. very helpful yeah. I think that's something that I need to work on too, which is hard with the whole not being able to fall asleep thing. <laughs> Cause I think I, the other thing too, is not being out and about and being necessarily physically active as normal. Yeah. It's hard to like compensate that. So I've been trying to exercise as well. I've been trying to go on walks. I've been trying to get sun. Also yeah. take vitamin D if you're depressed. Yep. Um, just in general, if you're normally outside more, take vitamin D because you're mm-hmm. going to be not getting as much. And if you live in the Midwest like me, you should just be taking vitamin D anyway, because we don't always get sun. But in the same vein of like trying to get yourself ready for work, which is something that I need to do because Chris woke me up at like 1045 this morning. I was like, you need to get up, Abigail. And I was yeah. like, because eh, I didn't fall asleep until like closer to four last oh, geez, night. Yeah. Um, yeah. It sucked. Being at a certain time being like, I'm done. Yeah. 
I am not working anymore. Because I struggled with that on Friday, which was my first day fully working from home. Um, I finished basically, I finished at five, which is when I would usually finish on a Friday. But then I was sitting there like playing video games with our friends and I'm like, oh, you know, like I could be doing discharges (laughs) or I could be doing notes or I could be doing this. And it's like, no, just because you are working from home doesn't need to be, doesn't mean that working from home needs to be in your entire life. Um, And putting in breaks that you usually wouldn't at work is okay. Like I took a 30 minute break today to play Animal Crossing. (laughs) I wouldn't do that at work. (laughs) No, it wasn't just because it was available. It was also because like, I don't know, working from home is putting me in a whole different space mentally in terms of my mental health, but then also doing therapy from home is fucking hard. Like we were talking about earlier, it's more, I feel like for me, more mentally taxing to do therapy over the phone than it is in person. Um, I can imagine. And yeah, especially with younger kids when I'm still trying to figure this out too. Like they don't teach us this in therapy school, how to do telehealth. (laughs) They don't do it. You know what though? When this is over, this is a skill you will have. And this is something that you can use with patients maybe that can't come in, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a silver lining. Um, I will say one thing that I, I've done. So I have various times in my job where I have to do training at home training to educate myself on scientific or medical things. And so Mm. I'll have to work from home for like two weeks or a week at a time. And so the other thing that I do is, um, I only have one desk and I don't have a kitchen table where I can like move, you know, I can work at the kitchen table and then, you know, game at my desk. So what I do Uh is I put my stuff away. My work stuff goes on the floor next to my desk when I'm Uh done working. I completely remove everything from my desk and then I have like recreational time desk ready (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so that it is completely like i am done working like you said setting a time to finish um and just you know having that away like physically away Mm -hmm. the other thing i do as well is because in my normal work day i don't have like a regular schedule i don't necessarily eat on a normal schedule i always make sure i try to eat something first thing in the morning in case and i try to make sure Mm -hmm. I, i eat something nutritious so like something with protein, something with greens. I do a green smoothie mm-hmm. usually because that's the easiest way for me to get vegetables because <laughs> I forget <laughs> quite a few times during the week to do that. Um, so at least I know I have eaten something nutritious during the day if I right. end up skipping lunch because that's what happens when you get in a, you know, you get in a yeah. flow and you don't want to stop. Yeah. Um, I need to be better about, especially since I'm home and I'm able to eat good consistent meals like I ate some Pringles for lunch today, and that was about it. But they were very good Pringles. I had sour cream and cheddar chips for lunch. So, But I had a green smoothie for breakfast and peanut butter toast. So, you know, balance. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, But, yeah, this is hard for everybody. And, and you know what? We're very lucky to have jobs where we are being paid to work from home. A lot of people don't have that right now. And my -hmm. heart goes out to them. Because what the fuck do you do? You we just hope that right. the government does something. We hope. And we can call and bug them. 
I've been doing that. I hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, you can use what is it, Resist Bot to write them letters. Yeah. You can use what is the other one? Five calls or five calls, yeah. Where you can like mm-hmm. look at things that you it gives you like an outline of things you can say and the numbers to call for your representatives and senators. Yeah. It gives you a script if you're nervous about that. So you can just call and say what's written and it's very helpful. But something that I've run into with a lot of my kiddos with lots of anxiety is a lot of them thinking that their anxiety revolving coronavirus is irrational. No. And that's, you know, partly a therapy fault of not enough people explaining to other people that anxiety is a normal emotion. Um, same thing with like anger and sadness. So that's like why, you know, when I talk to people about these emotions, it's talking about experiencing them in a healthier way. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be anxious about this. <laughs> in fact, it's good yeah, it's, to it's, be anxious about it this. It's, 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 things are working, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like it, it, this is a global pandemic. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the work that we've been doing then is figuring out, okay, when does it become irrational? Um, which is a whole, could be a whole other fucking podcast if we wanted it to be. But I just feel like the need to tell everybody now, because I guess me in my adult brain and my therapist brain and my I've been going to therapy consistently for two years brain was like, yeah, it's really normal to be anxious about a lot of this. But a lot of my kids didn't. So if nobody's told you, (laughs) it's okay to be anxious right now. Yeah. Things are changing literally every day. By the hour. By the hour. By the day. Yeah. And this is an unprecedented situation in our modern society. We have not gone through this in the age of the internet or in the age of modern mm-hmm. healthcare, or right. modern travel, globalization, all of that stuff, modern, you know, global trade. Right. This is unprecedented. So it's okay to have that healthy level of anxiety. This is the time where your brain is working in your favor. Mm-hmm. This is the time when your fight or flight response is actually working the way it should be. So it is okay to be anxious. Acknowledge those feelings. Allow yourself to sit in them. Um Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. And if you're like me and you have passive suicidality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you're like both of us and have passive suicidality. (laughs) If you're like, well, if I get it, I get it. And if I die, I die. That's kind of a normal response, too, because it's a coping mechanism. And that's something you if you have a therapist, you should probably talk to them about. (laughs) But also know that the two of us as people that go through this are feeling that as well. So, yep. You're not alone in this. Yeah. Reach out to people you love. Yeah. yeah. Tweet, watch things you love, sh- watch stupid shit, yes. watch TikTok. You know, yes, it makes me, TikTok. me individually makes me feel better to be informed. So I eat, a, I constantly yeah. consume content, but also it makes me very anxious, but also it makes me more anxious not to know what's going on. <laughs> so yeah. um, do what you, what you need to do. If you need that, do that to a point but if you don't want that and don't need that don't do that like it's not gonna knowing is not gonna make that big of a difference because ultimately our government is what needs to put things into place to protect us and they are kind of doing that in some places sort of (laughs) i will say pritzker's done a pretty good job i will commend him for that especially after the whole o'hare fiasco (laughs) god yeah, I feel like a fucking nightmare. I feel like uh, Gavin Newsom is doing an okay job. I wish he would uh, 
kind of come down on us a little bit harder because, yeah, you know, people don't take it seriously. But that's coming, I'm sure, <laughs> this week. I'm sure we will all be on complete lockdown because people don't know how to not yeah. be assholes. But yeah, so take care of yourselves. If you need anything, you're more than welcome to reach out to people. You're welcome to reach out to us via the podcast. Um, I will take this time, though, to say if you are looking for a clinical therapeutic uh, insight and suggestions or advice, I will not give it to you. <laughs> That's not my job. You are not paying me. Um even though I'm very much so a person that's like fair therapy should be free, I'm also not willing to sacrifice my emotional labor at this time. So um, we are there for you as friends and as people who are like, you got this, we're in the same boat. Yeah. So The other thing I will say is I tweeted out on the pod account um, to put your cash apps or your Venmos or your PayPal mm-hmm. links in a thread. We are working on trying to figure out a way to donate our Patreon um income for this month and the next month Mm -hmm. to some people that may need it um also we might set up some type of like venmo cash app situation where if you're not a patron and you want to donate and you have the means to you will be able to without having to donate to us every month necessarily but um we paid our our fees for the year and that you know we can hold off on like getting new equipment and you know paying for us to go to celebration and things like that like those are things that can we can think about later right now people are in need and i think um we need to do what we can in our privileged positions. And I just want to say also, thank you so much. If you are a patron and you're continuing to give, like, I know this is a hard time. If you feel like you need to put a pause on that, that is is absolutely okay. Um, No pressure at all to continue giving. Just know that what you are donating this month and in the month of April, we are going to try and give it out to people that need it. So it's not going to just be going to us. And thank you to our... (laughs) Right. And thank you to our patrons, which we've discussed this with our patrons, and all of them were enthusiastically on board. Um, So thank you to our patrons, our patrons, for being so understanding and also being so fucking down with the mission that we have kind of put out there. Yeah. Um, Cause like we were saying earlier, you know, not a lot of podcasts out there do at star Wars, at least do kind of talk about the stuff that we do and stuff like that. So it's really cool that we've built this little community where we can be like, okay, we paid our dues and now we are in a position to help other people. Is that okay? And every single person being like, yes, absolutely. And so. and being like, how can I help more? Going yeah. beyond what we even planned. So bless, bless yeah. all of you. Yeah. You're all wonderful human beings. Thank you for lighting up our day and posting pictures of your pups on our Pets of the Pod section of our Discord <laughs> chat. Um, giving me advice yeah. on what to do with the oatmeal that Amazon accidentally sent me. Amazon sent me eight pounds of oatmeal <laughs> for some reason. And they were like, oh, that's our mistake. Just keep it. And we're like, okay, what do we do with this? Because we don't eat oatmeal. <laughs> I love oatmeal. I mean, I like it, but I don't eat it every day. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll make oatmeal you've got lots of oatmeal to, re- to, le- to last you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Amazon. Lord. Now, if you could yeah. only uh, pay your workers sick leave, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 
So if you too want to give Jess advice for what to do with her eight pounds of oatmeal, <laughs> you can join our Patreon. We are Lousy Beautiful Town. Um, we have $1, $3, and $5 levels where you can give it, like Jess has been saying, for uh, the do- the the what are they called the donations that we've been given this month and for the month of april and we'll reevaluate at the end of april if that needs to extend into may um is going towards some of the people who have put their uh cash apps and venmos and stuff like that who are struggling due to covid19 whether that's through losing a job or losing hours or whatnot um and we have a fun uh patreon discord and just added two new <laughs> sections of the Discord called Quarantini, where we talk about what we're drinking, and TV, where we talk about what we're binging. <laughs> um, and I will be updating my fanfic recommendations uh, for the quarantine of you got time, fucking read fanfic. <laughs> so um, you can also find us on Twitter at LBTPod. You can send us an email at lousybeautifultownpod at gmail.com. Uh, you should re- leave us a review on iTunes because it helps get the pod out there to more people. Um, uh, we are doing a fun thing yeah. this week. On Thursday, we just kind of randomly decided we are going to, we're going to live stream it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We are going to live stream me watching The Mummy for the first yeah. time. So I feel like we've talked about this on the pod before that I have never seen The Mummy because I was like five years old when a family friend of mine was trying to watch it, and it terrified me, and I've just never watched it since. (laughs) It was scary. I was five and scared. Um, And Jess told me it is a bisexual disaster, and so I am very excited. So on Thursday the 26th at, what time did we decide? 8 8 p.m. Central Central time, Uh, so Chicago time. Uh, we will be watching The Mummy. Uh, more details will follow. We'll put them all out on Twitter and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. It's the day before my birthday, so it's also my birthday so celebration. Happy birthday plus our anniversary treat to you guys. Plus, if you just want to watch yeah. The Mummy 1999 because it's an excellent movie, now's a great time yeah. to join us. And it's just, we fucking all need to escape, so let's do it with a good fucking movie. Yeah. That I've never seen before, and y'all get to enjoy me reacting to it. Also, it's a little apocalyptic, so it's kind of appropriate. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Only in, uh, early nineteenth century or eighteenth or twentieth century. God, you want to you want to pick another century? Twenty first, whatever. The the thirteenth century. It's the fucking bubonic. No, that was the fourteenth century. The fucking bubonic. Oh, plague. by the way. I have a podcast recommendation for those of you that want to know Ooh. more about the biology and the epidemiology of not only COVID-19 and coronavirus, but a lot of other different types of illnesses and, um, you know, bacteria, viruses, parasites, things like that. This uh-huh. podcast will kill you is the title. It's two oh. female okay. uh, epidemiologists. Yeah. Yes. Um, they're based out of Illinois, actually, Abby. <gasps> I got the I'm I got in. the word quarantini from them because every episode they do a themed quarantini and on also a placebo <laughs> Oh my I god. I fucking love that. I love it. 
They're both named Aaron. They're adorable. They're white women, but um, they get it. Like, they, mm-hmm. they get that white men have dominated the medical and scientific space for a long time. And so a lot of things are not accounted for. And so they can kind of see through those biases. And it's really nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I highly recommend this is, them. This podcast will kill this you. It's a weirdly... <laughs> Sorry. It's a weirdly specific question. Do they have an episode on strep? Strep. Uh, I don't believe so yet. What the fuck? Let me look. I was a kid who got strep two to three times a year before I had my tonsils removed. You so. can email them. Like they have a <gasps> they have a website. You can email them and request. And I because I emailed them wanting them to talk about something, some other thing. And I don't remember what it was now, but um. They were like, oh, it's on the list. Oh, hell so, yeah. But they have like a whole yeah. series. They have a one. They have a six part series on COVID-19 out right now. And they're all about an hour, 45 minutes wow. to an hour long. If you're looking for something, if you want some answers or you want just some science, um, they give sources. Wow. They're adorable. I love them. Wow. Um, let me see if they've done strep real quick. Uh, I had scarlet this. fever from strep. You did? Oh. Holy shit. I did. Yeah, when I say I'm a 90s kid, I really mean an 80s <laughs> 90s kid. So. <laughs> no, no, it's just because I got it so fucking much. Makes sense. And I was emer- uh, uh, emergic? allergic to amoxicillin. Great. So, Well, you can take Suprax yeah. in the future yeah. if that ever happens again. I think that's what I used really? to do. Really? <laughs> I've sense. only had it like once or twice ever since I got my tonsils taken out. Oh, so. God. So anyway, Jess, where can the lovely people find you? You can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Abby M. Cecilia. And with that, uh, fucking stay inside your house and don't be stupid. And watch The Mummy with us on Thursday. And watch The Mummy with us on Thursday! Because that's an indoor activity where you don't need to leave the house and we will be practicing social distancing while also not socially isolating. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so long. Farewell. Afridison. Adieu. 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 Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> This is the end of Lousy Beautiful Town. Go fuck off.